401k advisors want to build a scalable practice, but aren't always sure what to do next. Welcome to Outcomes, the podcast designed to help advisors think, make decisions, and cast a vision to create a business for the future. Here's your host, Ross Marino, financial planner, author, speaker, and CEO of Advisor2x. Welcome to the Outcomes Podcast. Today, we are joined by Jason Chepinick from Chepinick Financial Services, also a TAPO Award winner, which I think you won that last year. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ross. Nice to see you. Always glad to have you on and talk with you. Whenever you and I start chatting, uh, I love the creativity. The ideas just seem to flow. And uh, you've always been known, at least to me and I think to many other people, as someone that's really creative. And before we dive into what you're thinking about right now and what you're doing, because the last time you and I spoke, you threw out some new ideas and I started taking notes. But before we do what you're doing, I wanted to try to back up a little bit and kind of give me the mindset of why you think being creative, bringing up new ideas, and constantly engaging planned sponsors along that line is so important. Well, thanks, Ross. I, I think it's part of my responsibility. You know, you start thinking about the day in the life of a planned sponsor, and even that word as if they're not a person, the day in the life of, of, a, of somebody else's job if they're tasked with sitting on the retirement committee, it's one little iota of their day job, right? They really run whatever part of that business, HR, finance, operations. And they are so busy between quarterly meetings, taking care of the rest of that person's business, that they aren't thinking about the ideas. That's what they hired me to do. Um, so I also like to wake them up and remind them of why they hired us. And so you know, it, it's a commodity business in terms of lots of people can, uh, in fact, it, it doesn't even require a person to do investment analytics. That, that stuff can be found online. There's a great deal of tools um, that are out there. There's, um, th there's a lot of people that have really good ideas when it comes to, um, you know, plan design ideas. But, uh, but for me, you know, I know myself really well that I love to bring plans uh, to life. Um, to me, a, a new idea is like breathing. It is... Uh, I, I have to always generate something new. It keeps me happy, my team engaged. It keeps my clients and my prospects actively engaged. And what else is Jason thinking about? It is my job and it is my responsibility, not just to drop a new idea to help them today, to remind them of what I do, but to also to showcase to the client that I have really good direction on where we're taking this plan because I know what the next step should be. I know what the step beyond that should be. And the step beyond that. So um, I, 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 what I'm trying to say is, you know, when I think about my client, I think about their plan. I'm not just trying to solve the issue that might be in front of us today. I really am as passionate about making their plan come alive today. And, and I'm not going to be the one-stop wonder. I want to have a, a bucket of ideas. By the way, when you have a bucket of ideas, it means you also have a bucket of bad ideas. They're not all good ones. It can be a lot of fun to talk about Jason Chetnik's worst ideas, and they exist. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you're if you're a baseball player, you're not hitting it uh, every single time. You're going to have some misses. Um, but I just find it to be fun, engaging. Um, it's rewarding, and I find it to be my responsibility um, and my team's responsibility to 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 bring those new ideas to our clients, mostly because they're not thinking about it and. Um, and they only come in that meeting four times a year, oftentimes, and, and, and I need to keep them alive. 
Yeah, and I think that's the part that I remember years ago, I had to constantly tell myself once I finally figured it out that it isn't their day job to think about the 401k plan. It's just one little piece. It's I wouldn't say it's just a box that they check because they're passionate about it. They care. They have their own ideas, but they're not sitting around thinking about this all day long. So it's certainly up to me as an advisor, up to you as an advisor to come in and tell them, here's what's going on. Here's what's coming down the road. And of course, apply it so they understand, here's what it means to your company, here's what we might be looking at. Now, I think some people would hear that and think, if they're already doing so many other things, why would I constantly bring up new ideas and tell them about things that may not be directly relevant to them? Sometimes there may be pushback or or maybe they just don't like the ideas or they they just don't think it's going to be right for them. Do you see a downside to that? Yeah, it's a great question, Ross. I can tell you that when 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 automatic enrollment, which now seems ever present, right, in our marketplace, everybody knows about it. Ten years ago, not that many people wanted to do it. So in terms of getting a company to adopt or have the courage to go forward with a new idea, sometimes they have to marinate on this idea for a while. So I'm okay dropping the same idea, a new idea, something more progressive than they used to, uh, perhaps bringing up an idea I brought up you know, a year ago, because they, they have to marinate it and really understand why I brought this to their attention. The first time they've heard it, it may have been foreign to them. The second time they've heard it, or third or fourth time, it starts to become a little more understanding of what I was thinking about and why I thought this might make sense for them. And so some of it is, is letting it marinate. Um, but I don't want to be stale. I want to always have something fresh and new them. And I want to be different than my peers. You know, part of half my job is right is servicing the clients and the responsibility they've given us. But half of it is, is me growing our business and, and opening up new doors. And so uh, I have to have a good story to tell. And I have to keep my competitors uh, sort of on their toes. Jason Chetnik might have a new idea. And they have to uh, you know, to continue to push for something different too. So um, I, I do, you know, I, I focus on what I call the three Bs for my clients. So I think it's I think it's really important. So the three Bs are uh, to, to one, be unique. Um, number two is be ourselves, and the third one is always be relevant. So I really talk to my team a lot about the three Bs. Um, I I know myself really well. I know that if I'm up against another piece of business. And, and they only all they want is investment advice. I might not win that mandate. Um, I don't get as excited about just providing investment advice. If if all they want is somebody to come in and and report on a quarterly review or when we can do in person meetings again, do the exact same education meeting that we did a year ago and the year before that. The clients that fit the Chetnik Financial and now we're part of a larger enterprise, One Digital, are the ones that really are willing are ready and willing to listen to a new idea but more importantly, have the courage to implement it. So it's one thing to hear the idea, right? Understand where it works. It's a whole other thing to have a client that's willing to have the courage to go for it. Those are my favorite clients. You know, listen, when you're cutting edge, you get cut sometimes. When you're bleeding edge, you bleed. Um, But I want to be the leader. I want to try it out and see if it makes sense um, and create a a fun environment. You know, I'll give you one other one too, Ross, is – most people in our business talk about the three Fs, right? Fees, funds, fiduciary governance. I think there's two other Fs that aren't talked about enough. One is efficacy. It's not an F word, but it's what you're doing working. I like the last it. one is fun. It's, we have to add a fun factor. If, we, if all we do is focus on stocks and bonds, it's kind of boring. So let's make it fun for everybody. And that's where the new ideas come in. 
And as I listen to you talk about sharing that with prospective clients and who's going to be a good fit for you, I was thinking that you're almost self-selecting the people who care about their employees, who care about their future, and they actually want to put in a plan that will really help them. So if someone just wants to see this as a box that they check and just one other benefit, they're not going to want to talk to you because you're going to be relentless of here's ways we can connect with them. So it almost seems like you've not only identified who your best fit is, but I think those are probably the best clients you want to have to begin with. Isn't that right? You, you are spot on. And by the way, committees change. So I can have a great plan, a great client, and then leadership changes, the committee changes. And what was awesome isn't anymore. And, and other ones that were sort of stale, you know, I need, and then a new, uh, you know, new people come on the committee and new HR or finance people. But when those clients have that really openness to listen to some of these bigger, broader, different ideas, great things can happen. I mean, listen, the food truck was a crazy idea. The taco truck, we have a whole bunch of others there. That wouldn't happen if a client didn't say, that's super cool, Jason, let's go for it. Hold, hold on, let me interrupt you because I was about to ask you about that. When I saw the article of your food truck, I, I was on my computer. I actually walked into the kitchen where my wife was and said, you have got to see this. This is the most clever thing I may have ever seen. And we looked at it and started cracking up. I think a lot of people have heard about it, but the podcast has a pretty big reach. So I'm sure plenty haven't. Can you talk about, talk about, can you talk about your food truck and at least just explain for people who may not know why you did it, what it, uh, what it uh, benefited, how it benefited people and really what it is? Sure. So, uh, right, food trucks, which now due to COVID aren't uh, in place today, but uh, hopefully they come back soon. But it was this food truck craze, right? A lot of people, uh, you see them all over the place. And we had this idea, what if we had a let's talk about retirement food truck? And the food truck could go from client to client or prospect and sit in the parking lot. And we could feed our, we could feed the, the employees if they came out, if they signed up for the retirement plan or increased their savings then they would get a free taco. And if not, they would just get rice and beans. That's all you could afford to eat in retirement is rice and beans. So it was gimmicky, but it came with some extra things that we, uh, that we, that we enjoyed with it. So there's that water cooler effect. When people are standing around talking about the retirement plan rather than sitting in the classroom or the training room hearing about stocks and bonds in the market, they were waiting in line to be fed and saying, are you in the retirement plan? Are you in the retirement plan? And, um, and and they were talking in a positive way. They were laughing about it. They were taking pictures. My team dresses up and stands outside so we can interact with them. Um, it, it, there's been so many applications of this. Another one was, we've got a lot of subcontractors as clients. Well, a general contractor owns the job site, but the subcontractor does not. And you're not, you, a subcontractor can't allow any other vendors to come in. But a food truck is allowed. So a food truck could come on the site of a construction project as long as our team sat inside the food truck and you could then create this opportunity to educate employees that you couldn't get to before. So we got lucky in some areas. They certainly remembered it. And the food was good, too. So um, it just was different. And, um, you know, it it took some – we had to find a food truck. Um, The first one showed up late three times. Well, to show up late one time was an issue because my client was really happy. A second time, we were already shopping for a third one. By the time the third time they showed up late, we had to go replace the food truck with somebody else. So 
it's an example of it was a great idea to continue. It has legs and will work again in the future. Um, but you have to figure out how to best use them. But it, it was it was a hoot, and um, a whole bunch of other ones have come about from it. We have um, somebody dropped on us the idea of a FO one k. We serve uh, uh, FO. Um, we've been talking about the IRA IPA, and, and perhaps for clients to allow you know a kegerator uh, with a parentheses around the K to serve them a drink at the end of the day and have a a happy hour that starts at 401 in the afternoon. And I come up with every little gimmick we can because you have to keep it fresh for my plant sponsor, again, for the client, for their employees, but also for me and my team. I love it. And really what you're just doing is giving people something to smile about. You're making it fun. The same enrollment meeting can can be a little drab and sometimes it's intimidating. There's lots of reasons that we could say why you want to create that environment. So I think it's great. And you do come up with new stuff. Well, uh, obviously the food trucks are shut down at this moment because we're in the pandemic, but you're the idea guy. You're the creative guy, Jason. So what's going on right now? What are you doing to try to connect in creative ways with participants and plan sponsors? All right, so I've got a new one. And by the way, I've never been afraid of sharing my ideas with my peer group. I think it's important that we all share the best ideas with each other because we're hired to improve the state of the American's retirement uh, picture. Right, so he- here's an idea. I, I think um, I-, I think it's important that we want to know what retirement looks like to people. So the idea would be, as a company, to ask each of their employees to either paint a picture to make up a storyboard, perhaps a collage, or do a one-minute video of what does retirement look like to you. And the idea is really important for lots of reasons. Um, One is, um, once they put that idea on paper or a canvas or a video, they can hold themselves accountable to actually accomplishing that task, right? We can actually look back in a year from now and see how much closer are you to accomplishing that retirement goal versus where you are now. And I'm a math guy. I'm a financial planner. So if you show me what your picture looks like, I can help you do the math of how much you should be saving to get from here to there. Um, and then the, the last one, there's more than last, but it's free. To do this idea costs nothing. Maybe we give out a prize, the person who has the best and most creative retirement viewpoint. And even that doesn't cost a whole lot of money. But you can do this from the CEO to the CFO down to the person in the mailroom can all produce this idea. And, and, and that's important, too, because I can flatten that idea that, hey, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a job that maybe not get the same type of attention or my retirement dream may not be the same as the CEO's. But the CEO can, may have a dream that may be relevant to what you're looking to do. And so the idea is that it's important for that person to know what their future looks like. It's not working all the time. But just to me, it's one of my most favorite ideas that can be implemented today um, for all sorts of companies. And and maybe let's set up a YouTube channel and and, and have them all posted there um, uh, for, for all of the other employees to see what we're up to. We're in the goals business, if you think about it. We try to help people with goals but or establish goals and, and achieve those goals. But as we know, the average person doesn't do well at goals. And I always joke with myself about I'm a financial planner who helps with goals, even though most people don't actually do goals and their goals yeah. are going to change over time. So, right, it's not the financial plan that matters. It's the planning process where you go through it. And by doing this video, that's the process. You're now making them think about the future. And that's what they need to do in order to connect the dots and, and to be able to do that. Now, let's go back to 
what's happening right now. So I know at the beginning of the pandemic, we saw some companies adjusting matches. I uh, just saw the article where I think it was uh, 12% of companies suspended a match. It was a Secure Retirement Institute article. And then just recently, we just saw in a census survey that was from last month, and some of them are starting to add it back. So I'm sure you're seeing this with certain companies. You're in Florida. So we know there's some companies that are seriously suffering down there. Uh, explain how you're interacting with some of the plan sponsors and how are you helping them navigate during this time when it's not just a loss of earnings, but revenue just went poof. Yeah, it's um, this has been tough. So, uh, so I, I think first of all, it being in Florida, a lot of hospitality clients, um, we have had maybe forty percent of our clients make some adjustments to their plan design, stop the match. Um, it, it to me, it also gives us the opportunity to to have a meaningful conversation with our client about what the goal of the retirement plan is. Um, and, and, and also lessen this idea that the company match was so important to somebody's future because at the end of the day, it isn't. The only way you get from here to there, there being retirement and living comfortably, is to, is to save as much as you can and not have debt. By the way, that doesn't matter what vendor you use. We've got some great vendors. But saving as much as you can, not having debt, anybody can, can focus on. It doesn't matter how much money you make, what job you have. right? So if we can lessen the idea that a match is an entitlement, this is good for industry. You know, there's a lot of things where industry hasn't done well. Um, there's some things that we've done incredibly well. We're a super innovative group of people um, that have worked really hard to, to make some change and some terrific right, work we've done as, as a group. But one area we haven't done so well is this idea that a match is so important to somebody's future. It does help you attract talent, uh, perhaps retain, but most employees in the day don't really focus on how much that contributes to their future. They only focus on, am I going to get a match or not? So, um, so that, that's one thing. I mean, we, I lived in Louisiana a long time, and the word that we use in, in the world's Cajun word called lanyap, and lanyap means a little extra. So if I can talk to people about save as much as you can and maybe get some lanyap, that's what it is. It's a little extra to help support you and reward you for your great work. So I think you know, words are important, so changing the optics a little bit and using words and being really direct with them. And we, I, that's the other thing. I hate the legalese of memos and disclaimers and required notices that have to go out to our constituents, right? Plan participants and their families. It's too hard to read. They're lengthy. They use business acumen that we don't really use in real life. To me, if you're the CEO and you had to cut the match, how about sending a note like from the heart that says, hey, we're trying to keep the business alive and we care far more about your families than about this company match. And so please be in the circle with us and help us keep this company relevant, help it keep it profitable and help us as a family, as a business family, stay alive. And if you talk like that to an employee, they get it. And it's a whole lot easier for them to say, no, it's cool. Don't worry about the match right now. I want my job. And I want an opportunity to spend time with my colleagues. So we can do a better job of communicating like regular people and call them employees, not participants. And, and maybe even change the word retirement to just, you know, some future, you know, enjoyable life experience. Because we're just using things that aren't relevant um, to what's really happening. You know, the jargon is a challenge. Uh, I just did a, a podcast interview with someone where we were talking about retirement planning. And I remember the morning before we recorded it, I was just typing out notes and I thought, you know, retirement 
how do you explain to somebody 25 or 30 years old that they need to save for their retirement? That's a, that's a tough thing to do. I don't think they're going to grasp that. But we have millennials at work here, and I know what millennials like. It's called freedom. So instead of retirement planning, it's freedom planning. You start saving now, you'll have the freedom to do things you never thought possible down the road. You'll have the freedom to work less or to retire or to do other things. But freedom, they definitely get freedom. So maybe we need to change that word. But thats it's all part of being creative and figuring out how you can connect with these people. So how about uh, we give a, a shout out or some kudos to maybe a vendor or a product, maybe somebody you met, something you're starting to use that all of a sudden you realize and you know what? Th- this is really good. I think we need to use this more and more. Anything you want to mention? Yeah, I have a few of them. I'm going to call out a, a friend, and that's Jania Stout. So Jania Stout is another advisor and, a, out of Baltimore, Maryland. And she, she makes me smile when I jump on the phone. She charges for isn't afraid of anything. And I saw online on LinkedIn that she's doing webcasts or Zoom meetings for children about and teaching them proper personal financial stewardship skills like financial literacy one-on-one but saying hey even with covid when kids are home why not we set up a, a zoom for for kids of all ages and then i saw her follow up with one to, to promote one that now we're going to teach parents on how to teach the kids about money so to me you know the, the good contagious now that we all know what contagious is like the good contagious is when i see a good idea like that and and, and i hope people get jazzed up about the stuff that i do I get jazzed up about people like that. So she's just done a, a great job. I've got some vendors that have just been there for me all the time. BlackRock is one of those that support our corporate social responsibility initiatives. Our latest one is as important um, to everything else we do, which is to promote th- the need and the importance for emergency, emergency savings accounts, that we as an industry can do a better job. Because COVID exposed what we all knew, that nobody has any money. Um, and when, when emergencies happen, by the way, here's an issue that we've taught people wrong, too. We've, we've taught people that you need to have four to six months of, of emergency savings set aside. And while, yes, that would be great for certain people, you know, let's just start something, something simple. You need 400 bucks or you need $1,000 or $2,500. It's the same idea if you say you need $3 million to retire. It's such a big number that people can't grasp it. We can do, we, our industry can do a better job of promoting workplace savings programs for emergency savings um, and, and start small. And, and Jania and BlackRock and I've got some other peers that aren't afraid of, of knocking down a wall and not afraid of setting up what, you know, and, and using their voice and, and that to me. And you too, Ross. So you're right there with, with that crew. So thanks for letting me share that. It makes me think of the Dan Sullivan principle from Strategic Coach, which is the gap versus the gain. And if you look at what is perfection, such as um, I have to have X amount of dollars or I need six months, I I think that's the goal is six months of emergency savings. Uh, If all I do is look for that and I can't actually achieve it, I'm going to focus more on the gap between where I am today and where I wish I was. That can be deflating. Instead, why don't I look at the gain? Why don't I look at the progress? If last year my average checking account balance or savings account balance was $200, why don't I see if I can get it up to 400 or 500 right. It's the steps, step by step. And that's what Jan is trying to do. I think that's what you're saying as well. And if we can do that, it's all cumulative and it all builds, but mm-hmm. we have to work more on the progress and helping people move forward. So any final comments before we sign off here? Yeah, I'll tell you. So our latest messaging, and I'll land here, is save, spend, invest, donate. 
So save for your future, whether it's emergency savings or save for your future so you can enjoy the freedoms, as you mentioned, right? Spend, spend time with family. Because we've also learned during COVID and we, and we had, a, I had a dear friend um, pass away a couple of weeks ago in our industry, and Dave Reich, who, who was just a dear friend and, and awesome. And, and um, so it, it reminds people of what's really most important. It's not how much money you have in the day. It's, it's who we made a difference with, right? So save for your future, spend time with family, invest in your total well-being. Total well-being isn't just your, your physical well-being or financial well-being, but emotionally and mentally and spiritually. These are all as important. And the final, the final one would be donate. Donate to make the world a better place. It doesn't have to always be money or clothing. It could just be time because what we're also realized during COVID is how thin a line it is between those people that can feed themselves and clothe themselves and take care of themselves and, and how close they are to, to being destitute. So um, so my messaging that I think everybody listening to this podcast and Ross can use is, let's all use the same words, right? So save, spend, invest, and donate. And with that, I want to thank you so much for the work that you do to promote good practices in this industry and calling out great work. And, and thanks, Ross, for all you do. Thanks for being on the show, Jason. That was fantastic. Cool. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Outcomes. Subscribe now to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Advisor 2X. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. 